Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features our very own Laurel, <laughs> who will be sharing her home birth story with us, with baby in tow. Uh, <laughs> since Laurel is actually a doula herself, this is going to be interesting, um, just as sometimes birth workers can be kind of challenging mm-hmm. to work with during birth. Yes, <laughs> we can be. <laughs> you don't know what they need. <laughs> Because they think they've already figured it out, right? Exactly. Exactly. Hi, everybody. I'm really excited to share this. Um, I haven't really talked about, well, I've like shared bits and pieces with people, but um, I haven't really shared the full story, the full everything. So I'm excited to share it. Good. (laughs) Now, Laurel, I know we've shared a little information about ourselves and our families before. Is there anything you'd like to add for people to know? Um, no, but, you know, for those who are just t- tuning in to us, um, and if this is your first episode, I'm Laurel. I'm a doula. I'm a special education um, teacher, family advocate. And I'm a mom of two now, which is exciting. And I live in the um, Columbus, Ohio area with my husband and also our first child. I can't exclude him, Stokely the dog. So. <laughs> Don't forget the dog. You cannot. Mm-mm. He was there first. Right. And he <laughs> reminds us of that every day. <laughs> At least you haven't gotten more dogs. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. All right, Laurel, can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? Yes. Um, This pregnancy was, you know, uneventful as far as, you know, health concerns or, um, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. First trimester was a beast. Uh, With Nay, I did, that's my daughter, I did not really have like morning sickness or anything. I was nauseous, but like could get on with my day. Not the case with this. I was throwing up almost every single day. Um, Really didn't want to eat anything, even though I was like, you have to eat. Um, And so really had to work through that. Um, But it would be really cute. Like, Nay would come in sometimes and, like, pat my back. I'm, like, barfing, like, oh, my God, you're so cute. (laughs) But (laughs) Right. But really, like, please, everybody, get away from me. I need this to stop. Um, but other than that, the pregnancy really, um, was uneventful in that fact. I will say though, that being the busybody I am, um, I had to do a lot of mindful work about this pregnancy. Um, in the beginning, I remember the first time meeting with my wonderful doula Monique. Um, I told her, you know, it's very easy for me to forget that I'm pregnant, um, just because of the way the day is going, um, running around with my two-year-old, I just forget. And she was like, that has to change Um, because you have to build a relationship now. And so really from that day on, I tried as much as possible to be very mindful about like my connection and this pregnancy. So um, talking to the baby, I was also working a pretty, like my, my job was kind of stressful at that time. So you know, that was also impacting how I was feeling about the pregnancy. So every day she would have me like on my way to work, 
spend some time with the baby. Um, and I was actually gifted in the second trimester um, these waist beads. Um, and at the top of my head, I cannot remember the name of the woman, but I will make sure that that is on there so you guys can reach out to her. But she gave me the mother strand, and that really helped in staying connected with like how my body was growing and how um, he was growing within that space. So I, I did a lot of mindful work during this pregnancy. Um, just, you know, every pregnancy is different, but you know, with the first one, I feel like everything is so new and you're Mm -hmm. so excited about everything. And then of course now as a birth worker, I'm like, Oh, I know it's happening now. (laughs) So like it was exciting, but it Mm -hmm. also was like, yeah, I know that this is like how it's supposed to go. And Monique just kept reminding me like, no, like, this is your baby. This is, you know, your body is really doing the work. And of course, second time around, everything happened so fast. So I was had a bump at like, I feel like I found out I was pregnant and then my bump just came out. Yes. So second like everybody's baby. like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, I'm pregnant. Not even going to hide it. <laughs> Nothing Can't fits. Wait. Yeah. So <laughs> um, yeah, I just did a lot of mindful work. But other than that, the pregnancy was was wonderful. I mean, I, I'm lucky. I love being pregnant. So okay. that, yeah. that helps. So did that mindfulness help you in preparing for the birth or were some of the things that you were thinking about throughout that pregnancy? Yeah, definitely. Um, Monique is gifted in really um, bringing like, you know, she's a yoga instructor. Um, she does mindful work. So she's really gifted in like, you know, find out what works for you. So doing breathing, exercising. I'm also a very anxious person. Mm -hmm. So really taking that into account um, about my fears around this birth. And it was interesting, like when we sat and um, met and Frankie was there, like my fears were never like, oh, as a home birth, I'll have to transfer to hospital. To me, I'm like, that's, duh, like that's a possibility. Mine more so was I would get to the point where I got with Nays labor, um, where I felt like I couldn't do it anymore and I ended up getting an epidural, which is totally fine and that's what my body needed at that time, but it wasn't what I necessarily wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a choice that I did make within her birth, but it just wasn't something I wanted and I was afraid I would get to that point in this birth and that was what would be my reason for transferring to hospital, Mm -hmm. which to me, like, it wouldn't necessarily mean like I had failed, but it just was like, I know that I can get over that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was something I was always thinking about, like in the back of my mind. Um, and she was really good about being like, you have to be in the now. Like there's, you can't control, you can't yeah. control that and know that you have the tools to be able to make that different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're also doing this in an environment that's completely different, um, which was really helpful. And me staying positive about that and not really letting that take over and all the weird thoughts start to come from that. Absolutely. Yeah. So with having a home birth, what was your preparation for that like? I know yes. we've talked to other moms at home births who've worked with, you know, um, an OB and a midwife. And yeah. Preparing your home and your space yep. and all that. <laughs> so interesting. I did a home birth, but I did the home birth in my parents' home. So <laughs> I live about an hour from Columbus and a pretty rural town, but there's a college within it. And I knew when we got here and we started talking about having kids, I was like, there's no way I'm having a child here. Like people do that. Great. But that's not me. Um, I know things. things. (laughs) Right. 
So then we were like, oh, we could do – I was just starting to, like, see what birth work was like in this area. And I was like, fine, I could do the midwives at um, these other hospitals. But I was like, let's just do a home birth. Like, if everything is, is well, let's just do a home birth. So I brought it up to my parents, like, hey, I want to have a child in your house. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? And my parents are already, like – you know, think I'm out there, but definitely love learning through mm-hmm. my work. And it took a little bit like they were like, yes, we'll support you, but we need to know everything. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I totally understand that. So my parents came to all our appointments just so that they knew like what was happening. So the first thing was getting the space, right. which my parents were like, fine, great, we'll do that. And th- the intent behind that also was if I did have to transfer, I wanted to transfer to a hospital that I felt comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Um from that then um, was finding our midwife. And I was lucky that um, my midwife, Rachel, who's also amazing, um, she had come to a doula meeting and had spoken about a new collective that they were opening. Um, and I was like, I want her. And I had actually met her at a birth, a baby expo earlier in the year because she also does placenta encapsulation and like fell in love with her from that moment. So mm-hmm. when I found out she was a midwife, I'm like, duh. <laughs> so I sent her like literally the day I found out I was pregnant, I sent her an email and I was like, I don't know if you have any availability, but I need you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that and she was excited about doing the home birth in my parents' home. But as far as like preparing, you know, with a with a home birth, your midwife comes to all your to, does all your appointments at your house, mm-hmm. which was great because, like I said, my parents got to be involved. It's a much more relaxed and intimate, so you're really building a relationship. Um, my daughter got to be a part of all of them, so she knew whenever Rachel or Laurel or Laura or Jamie, the other two midwives, are around. Like she got to use the stethoscope to listen to the baby and so we ended up getting her own because like she would go home and be like um i need to do doctors what she called it (laughs) um so that was really cute like really building her awareness of positivity with birth Mm -hmm. um so they do all your appointments at your home and then to prepare for the actual birth you know we wanted to do a water birth so i had to rent a birth pool um we had to order like all the stuff that you would typically have in the hospital so gauze, um, a thermometer for the pool, stuff for the pool, the mesh underwear. Um, there were things like we had to have. So in case the baby like wasn't able to breathe, like a tool that they use is actually like a, um, a cookie tray and mm-hmm. they flip it over and like that surface is good for being able to do compressions on a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to have um, chucks pads, like, you know, like following around for bleeding and stuff but all the meta like the actual medical tools if they were to be used would, would came from the midwife um but then you know same as preparing for a hospital birth like birth affirmations was really important for me and um, i was gifted some great birth affirmations from my root sisters <laughs> uh, which was awesome um making my own i had my family like um I cannot remember this woman's name, but she's currently like, she's a woman of color who makes birth affirmations, like a coloring book from it. And so I had my family do that. Is it Ren? Yes. Ren. Ren Yeah. 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 (laughs) Ren the doula. Um, So I had them do those, but that was really the preparation. Um, Mm -hmm. And it, I don't know. I, it was really exciting when we were like putting the birth pool together. I just, I really felt again, the mindfulness practice of, of this pregnancy, like everything was connected and everybody was involved, which made the 
whole birth so amazing because we were all a part of that process and mm-hmm. like everybody got to see it. So if I had appointments, like my brother or sister were also there. So they mm-hmm. all felt connected to what, you know, normal birth can look like. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very much to the village. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and just feeling connected to your care providers. Like I'm sad that my six week checkup is coming up and that yeah. means that we're like, <laughs> we're done like i'm I'm really upset about that because i feel like they're a part of our family mm-hmm. so you can always call for a pap smear, oh right <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna be talking about like what can we do what? to extend this please <laughs> i need you i have another baby no. <laughs> mm-hmm. not today <laughs> okay so now's the time when you get to describe your actual birth experience yes um, it's interesting because as doulas, you definitely, you overthink everything and you're, I felt like I was compared and I, and it's so crazy because you tell your clients like all these things to not do and then you end up doing them. That's why I had a doula because doulas need doulas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, compa- I kept comparing nay's birth and and monique mm-hmm. was always like stop doing that they're so like the things are different and i and something with nay's birth i had to be induced um well i shouldn't say had to be i was induced um for her i was 42 and a half weeks with her and you know i, I did a hospital birth with midwives and it, they had a time period that i had so i was induced so i never really felt like contractions until i was induced i never really had like pre-labor stuff mm-hmm. with Omari, I had all, I had pre-labor things. Um, so, you know, I went on maternity leave, um, and I was, for him, I was, uh, 42 weeks and a four days, maybe. I can't remember. I was overdue. I just think I'm a, I just carry my babies long. Um, but I kept being like, I had told everybody that. And of course everybody like checks in with you. So around his due date, everybody's like, I actually turned off my phone that day. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to deal with it. Um, but I had my best friend who did Nay's birth photos come out and she actually did maternity photos with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're walking and you know, it's, the photos are awesome and we're doing all that. And that day I just felt a little different. I was like, something feels a little different, but I wasn't sure necessarily what it was. At night, I found is when things would be most active. And so, like, I would have these cramps, and I wasn't calling them contractions because I'm like, these can't be contractions. There's no wave. Nothing's, like, stop. Like, there's no start. There's no peak. There's no end. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's still Braxton Hicks. But they would, like, keep me up, and they were starting, like, certain points to increase, but I wasn't sure. So I texted Monique and Rachel the next day to be like, these things are happening at night. I'm not really sure if it's, <laughs> this is the only, like during the day, it's nothing. It's totally fine. And they're mm-hmm. and now that I think about like the text between the both of them, they both were like, duh, Laurel, like you're, you're in pre-labor. It's things are happening. You just are, you just won't admit it. Right. Um, so then the Wednesday before his act, the actual day he came, you know, Frankie had some things going on and, and I was home with Nay and, um, I started having intense back pain mm-hmm. mixed with these, what I'm calling Braxton Hicks, but they're really contractions. <laughs> and so I call Frankie and I'm like, 
I think we should go to Columbus. We're both like, do we go to Columbus? Do we stay? I'm like, let's just go because I'm not really sure what this is, but it's way different than anything that we that has been happening. I haven't I wasn't having a bloody show. I hadn't lost my mucus plug, so um I wasn't really sure either, but I'm like, let's just go to Columbus, that way we'll be safe. Sorry, this was Tuesday before the that the Tuesday of the week of his the day he was born. So we go Tuesday, of course everything stops once we get to Columbus. Duh. Uh, next day, I'm like, just take Nay to school. So Frankie and Nay go back and they go to school. Nay goes to school. Frankie does some work. Nothing really happens. I talked to my midwife. Rachel's like, why don't we schedule? We had scheduled a non-stress test um, that Thursday anyway. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go in Thursday, check my fluid, check how baby's you know heart rate is going, check how baby's movement is just to see and make sure everything is okay because I am past my original due date. And it's interesting because you have to go into a hospital for that. And so, of course, you have to deal with the hospital's perception because I did have to disclose that I was going to have a home birth. Mm -hmm. Both Monique and Rachel spoke to me like, what are you going to the hospital for? Whatever they have to say, if your baby is not in danger and you are not in danger, we'll deal with that. But know that this is what you're going to the hospital for to make sure that your baby is okay, And that's it. You don't have to worry about anything else. So um, Wednesday night, I was having what I was still calling Braxton Hicks, but they were contractions. And I met up with Monique Thursday morning for my appointment. And we went to the hospital that I actually, if I had to transfer, um, that was the hospital I was going to transfer to. So we went to that hospital. You know, Monique reminded me, stay in your, stay grounded in what you're doing. You're doing everything right. Just know that we're going here to get information. So I go into the hospital and, um, and I'm sharing this because it is important. Um, there is a, a there's a, it's a part, there's a purpose to this. Mm -hmm. Um, we get to the hospital and, you know, I get through the beginning things and they ask me, so, are you like, are you already a patient here? And I'm like, no, I'm having a home birth, but I'm here to do my midwife should have already sent over my information. I'm just here to do a non-stress test. Um, and they're like, okay. So we get in the back and the nurse comes in and she starts like hooking me up to the monitor and she's like, oh, you're doing a home birth. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, be prepared for a fight. They're probably going to try and talk you out of it. Mm. And as a doula, you're already like, you know that that's probably what's going to happen. But I'm also like, really? Like that's Okay. Fine, but thank you. Like I appreciated that she, that she gave us that heads up. So, the um, which one comes first, the resident or the attending? Who's mm. who's resident comes first? No, like yeah, yeah. The resident comes They're in first. Student. Yeah, the student <laughs> comes in first, and she does. You know, um, they hooked me to the monitor to see if baby had the acceleration. So was his heart rate okay while I was having contractions. Then she's doing the ultrasound to check my fluid levels and to see like what his movement is like. Well, I only had one of the accelerations when I first got there. Um, so she comes in and she start off, she starts off with, you know, legally as, as a doctor, I have to tell you that a hospital is the safest place to have a baby. Um, but you know, you are more than welcome to do what you, do what you want to do, but I do have to mention that to you. And I'm chuckling to myself, like, legally, I don't, like, can you give me some real statistics? Like, you can't just tell me that the, the hospital is the safest place to have a baby, but okay, boo. So <laughs> she gets through that. She's like, okay, this is what we're going to be checking for. And both Monique and I are like, okay, great. 
So she starts to do the ultrasound and she does this. She has this tool that makes like a noise on my belly to hopefully wake the baby up. Mm-hmm. I had mentioned to her that he usually sleeps during like this time. So this isn't his normal time of being awake. But anyway, she's doing the scan. My contractions are starting to pick up. Um, and Monique is like timing them. And, and again, I'm still like, these aren't really real because there was no real like wave still, but they definitely, I was like, I had to like pause and like breathe. So she's doing this ultrasound and she just has this ugly face. Like she doesn't look happy or excited to be in the room with Mm -hmm. me and is just doing her thing and not really looking at me. Finally, she starts talking and she's like, okay, you know, we try to do like a score. So we score the acceleration parts. So it's heart rate, movement, and my amniotic fluid. So, and what the placenta looks like. So she tells me that my amniotic fluid is low, that there's calcium on my placenta, and that he's not, he hasn't made enough movements. And I'm like, okay. And I'm going through all the things in my head. Mm-hmm. One, I'm pat, like two weeks past my due date. My fluid should be a little bit low. Right. There should be some calcium on my placenta. And I just told you that this typically isn't the time of day that he's awake. Right. Could you mention any of that? <laughs> like, does it like how That's does any really of that play into what you just told me? So she says all those things. And then she's like, she's like, so based on that, you get a score of something. And I don't even remember what the score was. But she's like, so from that information, I would say that you need to go back for an induction right now. What? So I look at her and both Monique and I are like, okay, well, thank you for that information. Mm -hmm. Um, We would like to speak with my midwife first before making a a decision like that. Um, So she clearly didn't like that I said that because she starts like forcefully removing the gel from my belly. And I'm like, I'm having – in my head, I'm like, I'm having a contraction. Like, can you be a little bit – like, I'll wipe my own belly. <laughs> right. But I'm like, you know what? I just need you to get out the room. So she's like, all right, I'm leaving. I'm going to go get the attending. Great. Go do that. Nurse comes back in and Monique mentions to me, you know what? Well, why don't we try apple juice or something to like maybe wake the baby up? So mm-hmm. she's like, great. Tells the nurse that the nurse is like, okay, I'll go get that for sure. So the nurse goes, guess that I'm drinking that the attending comes in and the attending tells me again, legally, we have to say that the a hospital is the safest place to have your baby. She then repeats to me everything that the resident had said to me. And then while that's happening, he actually had two accelerations. I think that's what you're like they're checking for, which is great, but neither of them mentioned that to me. Mm-hmm. Monique just happened to catch it. Um, and I'm like, like that would have made my score go a little higher. So you probably should say that. But in the midst of her telling me, you know, about the placenta and all that, she goes, I actually would advise and like a case like this, you maybe need to go back for a C-section. So how did I go from, I'm, and mind you, my pregnancy, like I'm a healthy, everything has been healthy. How did I go from I'm healthy, I walk in here to being induced to now I need to go back to it for a C-section? What? Just real quick. I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Again, I remind her that's all great. I need to talk to my midwife. I'm going to call her. You're going to call her right now. She says, "No, Heffa, I'm going <laughs> to call her when I leave this hospital." Like, what? I already told you I was leaving. So she starts to get like all her 
in a bunch and she's like, well, you know, we'll give you the paperwork, but we just, we don't advise it and da, da, da. And I'm like, I appreciate that. And you know what? I do appreciate that they're doing their job. What I would have appreciated if they would have come with some more facts and if they would have like given me a little bit of you talk to your midwife, come back. And if, if things don't work out great, we understand that. Cause in my mind, it's, you have no idea what my pregnancy has been like. You have no idea, like you have no no hit, no medical history. Really, you just have what was sent over you, but you have no relationship with me, and you haven't really given me any statistics or anything to make what you're saying actually sit well with me. All the things that you told me are actually normal for a woman who's this far past their due date. Mm-hmm. I also am a woman who goes this far past my due date. So if there's been no other complications, how do I need a C-section right now? Like I just didn't understand that. So needless to say. You know, I get the paper where we walk out, we get the death stare on the way out. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're leaving. I call my midwife. She, um, Rachel, you know, affirms everything that I said. Like, all of those things are normal. I'm sorry that they, like, you know, did that to you. And it's interesting because, again, I had been very mindful about this pregnancy. And as a doula, like, I know all these things. There was a split second where I went into, like, panic mode. Of course. I'm in the car, Monique. Like, we're driving back, and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. But in my head, I'm like, he really isn't moving. So I'm, like, starting to, like, touch my belly. And I'm just going over all the things. Like, am I actually, like, making the right decision? Even though I know I'm making the right decision, I still went into panic mode. It was a seed of doubt. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, you know— I came in knowing that that's something I'd have to deal with. What about the people who don't? Mm-hmm. Um, so many people. So many people, right, who would be going back having a C-section when they didn't actually need one at that moment. But So there was that little bit of doubt, but I called Frankie, and we talked over, and he's like, as long as you're comfortable and Monique is comfortable and Rachel's comfortable, come home, get settled, we'll see what happens. So I go home, and I didn't tell my parents about all the extra stuff. I just said, Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see Rachel um, tomorrow. So I go home and Monique actually ended up staying with us for like another hour. She's like, why don't we bounce on the ball for a little bit? And then why don't we go for a walk if you're up for it? So I'm bouncing the ball. I'm still having contractions. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I actually, Frankie's like, excuse me. Uh, I had a contraction and Frankie's like, you know, what's happening? I'm like, oh, I'm just having a contraction. And Monique's like, oh, we're calling them that now? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I guess, yes, we are. That's what they are. So <laughs> I'm still having contracted contractions, even though they're not the typical contractions. Like there mm-hmm. is no like huge buildup and then the peak and then um, the fall. But they were contractions. <clears throat> so Monique tells me, you know, I want you to take a bath tonight. I want you to get relaxed. Call me if you need anything. She leaves. So hanging out, have dinner. <clears throat> I go and take a bath. Um, bath was great. I get out of the bath. I put my PJs on. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go put Nay down. It's around maybe 930. So I'm putting Nay down. And at this point, these contractions are taking a lot for me to like breathe through them. Like I'm very uncomfortable laying down. So I'm like, mm, I think I have to go pee. Mm-hmm. So I go to the bathroom, I go in the toilet, and at that moment, they, like, shift into, oh, girl, you're having contractions. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Frankie, maybe you should come upstairs. I'm upstairs in my parents' room. So he comes upstairs, and I'm on the toilet, and he's timing them, and he's like, they're actually pretty close, but they're not a minute, but they're close. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's just call Monique. So I call Monique, and I didn't get a hold of her the first time. 
Frankie calls her again and they're like talking and Frankie's like, you know, giving her um, an update. And she's like, okay, I'm going to come on my way. Maybe five minutes after that, I'm like, okay, they're really starting to pick up. Maybe we should call Rachel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we call Rachel and she actually stays on the phone and listens to me work through a contraction. She's like, all right, I'm going to get my stuff together. Um, and I was originally supposed to have a one second midwife, Laura, but she had to um, leave past once I was past my due date. So then another doula, Jane, or another midwife, Jamie, um, was going to be with us. So Jamie and Rachel are getting their things together and come. So I get on my my outfit that I my my muumu that I was going to wear <laughs> for laboring. We all go downstairs, like me and Frankie go downstairs. Nay's with us, and just my dad was the only one I think who was still up at this point. He's in the basement, and that's where we had set up everything and he's watching tv and he's like hey what's going on i'm like dad i'm having contractions like this is <laughs> i think we're doing this and dad's like my show he's like all like, right <laughs> what do you need i'm like well can you just like watch nay for a little bit because you know frankie and i are like working through the contractions so he's watching nay and time is passing i don't really know what time it is but i just know i'm walking and i'm rocking we've got the playlists going lights are dim everything's feeling great um and monique comes in and 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 all of that is great, and we're working through the contractions. Um, and then my sister slowly comes downstairs, and um, she's playing on the like she's playing some video game or something. My dad's turning on like all his old cartoons that he used to watch. My mom comes down. I think somebody had like woken her up. Like a hey, things are happening. I have, and also I don't really have any recollection of time, so mm-hmm. I can't even tell y'all when things are really occurring. Um, but I do know that Nay did. It was like two a.m. when Nay finally fell asleep. And oh she my fell asleep. Gosh. My mom had rocked her to sleep. So you know, um, they made like a little pallet for her on the floor. And um, Rachel and and Jamie had made their way. And I just remember like, um, I kn- I was very in tune with what my body like felt and what my body needed. And so I would go from like walking to like oh I need to go sit on the toilet and like really using the toilet um as a great space as we know it's really great for like you know being a supportive um, pelvic opener mm-hmm. um and then I did feel like a I did have the water so we had set up the birth pool like in advance so they had re re blown it up and had put the water in, and I would go in and like it'd be comfortable for a little bit then I'm like no I, I would need to get out because I need to go sit back on the toilet mm-hmm. so I was like going back and forth and then I like really felt this like sensation like I needed to push or take a poop is what I kept saying. I was like, mm-hmm. I need to poop. There's like a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. So they're telling me to like go for it. And like during contractions, I would like kind of go like lean on my knees and like open everything. Um, but nothing was really like happening. Um, but it was interesting. I remember with Nay's birth needing a lot, like Frankie provided a lot of physical touch. Unless I was having a contraction, I did not want to be touched. I wanted, like, sorry, unless I was, when I wasn't having a contraction that involved, like, hip squeezes, I didn't really want to be touched. Like, I knew what to do, which was very interesting. And, like, thinking about it now and thinking about it in it, I was like, no, don't touch me. Like, just leave me alone. I got it. I got it. But, you know, we're working through it. Everything's working fine. Um, And I remember there was a point that I was like, because, you know, your midwives don't really check you mm-hmm. unless they you ask for it or you absolutely need it. And so I hadn't been checked, but I felt like we had been going for a little bit. And I'm like, is anything happening? My water, like, really hadn't broken. 
But I remember I like felt like I had peed for a really long time, just like mm-hmm. on the floor. And they were like, no, Laura, we think that's your water, but we're not really sure. But Monique reminds me, she's like, it was all over my foot. That was that was your water break. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I go to the toilet and she's like, why don't you just feel like feel down there? So I put my hand down there and it like when I tell you, you're like cervix opens, your vagina opens. It was open. And I remember going, whoa, it's open. <laughs> I'm like, this is, yeah, I'm like, wow, okay, I'm opening, I'm open. Um, But we're doing that for a while, and I'm still doing the pool, and then I started having intense back labor. And I had back labor all throughout Nay's labor, but I really hadn't experienced it this birth until now. So I'm having, starting to, like, have a lot of back labor, and I'm needing a lot of hip squeezes. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should try to get back in the pool. But like, they couldn't really give me the hip squeezes like I needed. So I was like, let's forget this pool. I'm done. Like, no more pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did get to a point where um, I felt like I had just been working through it a lot. And like, I was like, I need to push guys, but it's not happening. And so I started crying and I'm like looking at Frankie Monique and I'm like, you guys, something has to give. Like, I don't, I don't, something has to give. So Jamie calls Rachel over and Rachel's like, you know what, why don't you go into the bedroom, lay down in between contractions and try to rest a little bit. So we go into the bedroom, but like laying down was just so much more painful. And they were start like they were coming back to back to back. And Monique's like behind me doing hip squeezes. Frankie's in front of me. And I just like burst into tears. And I'm like, you guys, I can't do it. I cannot. I'm done. Like I'm finished. Um, I cannot do this. And Monique's, like, reminding me, like, you are doing it. Like, you're working through it. And also, in between that funny thing, I told Frankie, like, we're done. We're not having any more kids. I'm done. I'm finished, right? (laughs) Um, But I am, like, I'm, and they had shut the door. And I'm, like, I am, I'm just crying. Like, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. And so Rachel comes in and she's, like, okay, Laurel, here's some options. I can check you, see where you are. Do you want that? And she kind of, like, runs through, like, the pros and cons of checking me. And I'm like, okay, let's check. So she checks, and she's like, you're complete. Like, you're you're there. Like, you're fully complete. Um, if you feel like you need to push, like, go for it. And I'm like, I and, – and she did tell me, though, that we felt like I had – my water had broken at the top. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of, like, leaking, but not necessarily – like, my whole water bag hadn't broken yet. So she is a type of um, – she doesn't really like to break your water. Um, and so – and I knew that we had, like, talked about all of the options. And so she was like, okay, another option. We can break your water. And I'm, like, working through a contraction, I'm like, okay, Rachel, tell me the pros and cons of that. Like, what would happen? She's like, well, we could break your water and it could do nothing. We could break your water and then, you know, baby could come down and not be in, like, the best position. Um you know, it could cause us to have to transfer. And I'm like working through this. And I remember telling her later that I really respected that even in a time of like me going into panic, she was calm and still able to give me all my options and make and allow me to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I like had all the things in front of me and I'm like, you know what? I feel it. Let's just break my water. So she goes to break my water and it actually took her three tries to break my water. Like my back just didn't want to break. But I remember as soon as it broke, it was like this wonderful gush. I was like, oh, my God, you guys, I feel so much better. 
that's great. As soon as I said that's great, I go, oh my god, there's so there's much pressure. <laughs> like, y- what I tell you, I was on the bed, and I think I literally like hopped off the bed and got into like the deepest squat ever, and I'm just screaming. There's so much pressure. There's so much pressure. Um, and they're like, okay, go for it. And the plan was to have like Frankie catch the baby. Um, and then also within that, like my family is at the door, but we were also going to have his family be FaceTimed in cause they had actually been at Nays birth. So we were like, we still want them to be here. So he's trying to figure that out. And I remember him telling me like, Rachel was like, no, you need to come over here and like have somebody late. else figure that out. <laughs> so I'm screaming. There's so much pressure. And then all of a sudden I just feel the like ring of fire and I feel it and I go into panic mode. Um, and Monique's actually on the bed and she's holding my arm and she's like, Laurel, like you control it, you control it. And I remember her saying that and then just stopping, like I just stopped pushing and I could still feel the baby like coming down, but I wasn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm doing that. And then I hear Rachel go, okay, baby's head is out with an arm. So he actually came out with his hand against his face, of course. Um, And then I hear her say, you know, go ahead, Laurel, if you feel like you need to push. And I like, Go into like another, like I'm literally like bare moaning. Um, and then I hear, okay, shoulders are out. And then I just like see the baby like underneath me. And I hear like everybody's like, you know, excited. And I like turn around because I was like, Frankie was behind me trying to look at Frankie. And he's like kind of like choking up and crying. And he's like, it's a boy because we didn't know um, mm-hmm. if you we were having a boy or a girl. And like, and Omari starts crying and I start crying. And they're like, mom, do you want to pick him up? And I'm like, no, y'all, I'm not ready. I need to catch my breath. <laughs> so, um, you know, they do that and then they put him on my chest. And I just remember like, just feeling so empowered from that. Like you did this and not even like, like I knew I could do it, but like just having my family around and like really just being completely in charge, like in that moment, like, wow, that's like how empowering I felt. And and just how like in tune, I have never felt so in tune with my body before in my life. Like to know what was happening and how that felt like, I'm like, I want to eat all the natural things and I want to like just do all the things because our bodies are freaking amazing. And that was just like proven to me in that moment, just how in tune I could be with my body and like know what was happening and all the shifts. And um, I think that's what makes birth so amazing. Like Mm -hmm. just to be so connected to yourself. Absolutely. Like I don't feel like we do that enough and how magical and how powerful and how beautiful and how amazingly we are made we don't get to experience that much. And birth is a way to do that. Um, it was just like mind blowing to me. And like when I tell people like, you know, about that moment, I'm like, you I can't even really put into words how amazing it was like to feel the ring of fire and then be able to control that mother sucker. Okay. <laughs> like, like, yes, you hurt, but wait a second. If I it's just still let go, my body it's still my you body to me. Yeah. Mind blowing. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Mind blowing. I want to get back to um, the part where you said that you you were just kind of like, I cannot do this. Mm -hmm. And it's such a common thread in birth. Um, That is it. That Mm -hmm. is that moment. Like, it doesn't even matter where they say your dilation is or where it is. (laughs) When I hear mom say, 
I cannot do this. I'm like, oh, we're about to have a baby. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And you're so right because I do that all the time. So I'm like, in that moment, like, duh, Laurel. You you were the doula then. Right. Right. I'm not the doula. I'm the mom. You're the mom. Yeah. Um, But you're so right. And it's so crazy because it's like in that moment is usually when care providers like take advantage of that moment. Mm. And that's where things typically like shift. Like, you know, I could, they could have easily been like, okay, you're right. Let's go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Or if you had already been at the or hospital. Or had already been in the hospital. Like, okay, you want an epidural? You want this? You want this? You want that? No, I was given like, here's A, B, and C. You make the decision off of that. Then we'll figure out what the next A, B, and C is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's an important part too, where, um, Whoever your care provider is or whoever's there to support your birth is aware of your birth plan. Right. um, And how much it means to you. Right. And it's not to say that there's ever anything wrong with a mom choosing to have an epidural. Right, exactly. For whatever reason she chooses. But when you've decided and you've sat with it and you've told everyone around you this is what you want to do and you want them to support that. And then the moment you have a moment of weakness or not even weakness or just where you're like a little unstable in your decision again – and having people who say, well, this is what you said you wanted right. versus just going along with your emotion right. and your current state right. versus saying like, no, you're not going to um, get at me later about right. letting you get right. this <laughs> You're not going to fight me. You told you... me to help you hold this plan. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it was. Um, and especially that being that moment being something I was afraid of mm-hmm. having Monique and having Frankie step in and be like, we already we already talked about this. You good, girl. <laughs> you good. <laughs> you are good. That is an amazing story. And Thank I, I'm you. so happy that you're sharing it with us. Um, you are currently still in postpartum. Uh. <laughs> whether you want to call it that or not <laughs> whether you think you're finished oh. <laughs> um, how would you describe that now like yeah where you're at now how it yeah. first started off for you um i was very intentional about what postpartum was going to look like especially those first couple of weeks so we camped out at my parents like no visitors um i very much like that first day didn't leave the basement um, from then, I was only allowed to go up the stairs once, so I had to decide, like, when you going up them stairs, because you know you can't, You that's it, unless right. you're going back down for bed. Um, and then the next week, when we actually went back home, we had no visitors. Frankie's parents came in, but I really just wanted to, like, sit in the fact that, like, I had given birth and, like, settle into that, feel supported in that. Um, and start that bonding that bonding process. And especially being someone, I suffered from um, postpartum anxiety with Nay um, and have had some some bouts of that throughout my postpartum journey. Now, I'm, I'm mindful of that. So I have to respect that. And that was one way I was like, you need to be in that you're going to be a little anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how can you minimize having to deal with like interference of dealing with that? Um, I... Luckily, he latched beautifully um, the first first time he, he latched on. So, like, you know, our nursing journey has been okay. I'm an oversupplier, um, which means I leak a lot and I have a very forceful letdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have been working through that um, because it does, you know, kind of in 
mess up a little bit him being able to eat the way he wants to be when like I'm shooting a waterfall down his throat. Um, so me trying to like balance hand expressing or should I be pumping because I don't want to pump too much because then I'll make too much milk. So really working through through all of that. But I've had support um, through that. But I think the biggest struggle and the biggest thing I'm working through, well, there's two things. One, the fact that I already have a child mm-hmm. and a child that I'm very close with. Um, like Nay and I did everything together. Like that girl went everywhere with me. Um, and still does, but our relationship has shifted because now she depends on dad to do like bedtime because I'm trying to figure out bedtime with Omari. And so I'm seeing how our relationship is shifting and I'm I'm working through that a lot because mm-hmm. I don't – and I know she doesn't feel that, but you like run through your head the things that your kids feel and I don't want her to feel like she's being left out right. or that I'm not as a, as – available to her mm-hmm. um so whereas like she used to ask like for mama for things she'll be like no mama dada and it's interesting because frankie's like well our roles have shifted because before that was you and i'm like oh my god how did you not like cry through this no. <laughs> <laughs> um but really like just trying to manage being able to do that with her um amari demands a lot of attention which is fine like he is an intense snuggler and so having to work through like not being able to snuggle her as much because i'm like literally trying to calm him down um but just find trying to find a balance between that um and then the second thing is just i'm a busybody mm-hmm. and so not being able to be my busybody <laughs> self is hard and i think he's an intense snuggler for that reason he's mm-hmm. like no like there's nothing that you can do but sit here and rock me <laughs> okay. i'm gonna slow you down on the toilet girl <laughs> figure it out i'm going to <laughs> right <laughs> So really working through that. But again, I think that's where the mindfulness piece of my preparation through pregnancy and birth has been helpful. Like just re- reusing those tools and really reaching out to my doula sisters, to my doula um, about like, this is what I'm feeling. How do I work through this um, has really been helpful. And and being very honest with Frankie about where I'm at. Like the other day, I was like, I just need to shower for 15 minutes by myself. If he cries, we just gonna have to work through it. And Frankie took him and he's like, of course. And I remember being like, I just need 15 minutes. He's like, take however long you need to shower. Like, mm-hmm. do that. But being very open with him about where I'm at through all of this and him being like, you know, we're all transitioning. It's all a transition for us. Um, so, you know, postpartum is is a work in progress. Yes. It's a work in progress. Definitely. Yep. Is there anything else you would want to share with our listeners? Any resources, advice? Yeah. Um, I know I feel like we share a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think um, be patient with yourself through all parts of your parenthood journey. Um, Pregnancy, birth, postpartum, years after postpartum. Um, just be patient with yourself and your decisions and, um, finding some outlet to begin that process of being like being mindful about what you do with your body. Um, whether that's taking up breathing exercises, whether that's how much water you drink a day, whether that's, I don't know how much time you spend on your phone. Just practice some type of mindfulness um, because it can, it's very helpful, I have found. 
Um, and maybe that's not the tool that everybody needs, but for those who might need that, it's just, I think, finding a way to do it in your daily practice mm-hmm. makes it much easier to do when you really need it. So. I think that's something that anybody could use, um, no matter what your personality type is, though. Mm-hmm. Um, this world is so busy. It is very oh. easy to get caught up as a mother, especially in everyone else's life, mm-hmm. because we're so interconnected. Right. We have children, depending on us, our spouse, our partners, um, our parents still, right. you know, and actually saying this space, this time, this thing is just for me. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard because we give all our time and our attention away all right. day. And then we look around and say, well, nobody ever gives right. me time. <laughs> to right. to right. Like you have to give you time right. and demand it of the people who love you. Right. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, Laurel, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> for sharing your story. <laughs> thank you all for listening and letting me share. Um, I'm just, I'm in, cre- I'm, and I'm in awe of, of both of my little beings. Um, so, yep. <laughs> if you found that you connected to any parts of today's show or are interested in more stories, please subscribe and let us know what you think. If you find yourself wanting to share your story, head over to lgdoula.com to complete a story submission. Thanks again for listening and joining our community today. If you missed any parts or would like to check out the resources discussed during today's show, head over to the podcast section of lgdoula.com to access the show notes. 